Okay, welcome to another episode of Sutherland Girls. My name is Brittany. And I'm Shannon. Um, thank you again for coming back to another episode of our podcast. Today, if you didn't notice the title of this episode, we are going to discuss the book that we picked for March Book Club. Um, so if this, this is the first time you're listening to our podcast or listening to uh, one of our book club episodes we have this resolution is it goal that's yeah, a resolution yeah um i almost said revolution <laughs> we're making a revolution um our resolution for 2022 is to read a book a month so we want to get through 12 books this year we've made it to number three mm-hmm. somehow uh, <laughs> the book <sighs> that we're going to discuss today is girl stop apologizing by rachel hollis Mm-hmm. And we're going to be discussing three different question topics. And then we're going to, we have a surprise at the end. So stay tuned to the very end. It does involve part, like a page or two that she wrote about in the book, but we're going to keep that to the end. Um, so the first question we're going to discuss is what did we learn from this book? Hmm. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a full page. Over I see here. your notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one thing that made me really sad, and it, it's about myself while I was reading the book, was I recognized that I used to be a hype girl. Like, I used to cheer on all my friends, I was able to cheer myself on. Um, I didn't need that much motivation in my past. It was just like, it just came natural to me. And lately I've felt like I'm forcing it Mm -hmm. and it's not second nature anymore. And I put, I miss her. You miss that girl. I miss her so much. Um, Another thing that I learned is how messed up the author is. Uh, (laughs) It's a very judgy thing to say, but... If you read the book, you would understand. Um, It sometimes feels like she's overdoing it. Yeah. It feels like she's trying to talk herself into into being that person. Yeah. Into being the author. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and she does, as she's writing this book and you're reading it, you're realizing how much she's so disconnected. Yes. Um. You can definitely see that she had a rough childhood and she does talk about that. And so like she's going the extreme opposite of her childhood. Yeah. With success and money. Um, I put in her writing, you hear insecurities and she cares way too much about what people think. Like she, re- she replies with like, I know what you guys are thinking or I've, got so much hate in my dms and then she talks about it for a long time and it's like well if it didn't bug you then you wouldn't be writing about it i think you're gonna get hate no matter what yeah and it will bother you no matter what but i don't think she's addressed it because it's very clear in her writing it's almost like a book of therapy for her like getting it out yeah Yeah, getting it out yeah and she actually published it i feel like she should have written it 
gone to therapy and then read it and then edited edited again (laughs) yeah she's written a lot of books i didn't know that about her yeah i didn't know that either um i also put she gave good tips for getting out of a rut so like she's she describes like if you're ever feeling stuck and then she gives her the things that she does in her routine or things that she um makes habit new habits to feel better so she puts she talks about hydrating like how you have to drink half your weight in ounces Mm -hmm. um she talks about how important sleep is and a sleep routine or the way you just have like a routine in general of like what time you wake up how do she approaches her days slowly so she likes to wake up an hour early and have like a slow transition into getting ready for the day and i've been doing that um i used to wake up at seven but now i wake up at 6 15 and i get to you know make my coffee feed the cats sit on the couch for a little bit and enjoy my coffee Mm -hmm. so i feel like since i started doing that i totally agree with her um she also said that if you are if you don't eat healthy if you like have a i have a really good balance between eating super healthy and also eating terribly Uh so she said, be nice to yourself. And instead of eliminating all junk food, get rid of one at a time and do that for 30 days at a time. Don't completely deprive yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, and then she also said to ask for help, which I feel like is a huge thing for women. We tend to just carry it all instead of asking for help. And she describes it in detail, which I really liked. Um, I feel like if you read this book, you would totally understand as well. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm only halfway done. (laughs) Um, She talks about how celebrities and people who are very wealthy and have worked to like get really high up in their career Mm -hmm. and how when people ask like, you seem like you do it all. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just like it comes natural to me. But that in the in reality, everyone has like a nanny, a staff, housekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. An assistant. And so she talks about how like celebrities need to be more open about their help. And it's not a big deal that you have help. Like you worked so hard that you asked for help as well to grow bigger, which I really liked. Um, This whole ideal of women doing everything. Yeah. And looking perfect. Yeah. So she said um, doing it all is impossible. And so that was like super eye opening. And it brought me back to the quote when I was starting at Fitum at like 20 years old, um, there was this quote going around and I'm going to butcher it so badly, but it was, it was like you and Beyonce have the same 24 hours in a day, but also Beyonce has like a staff of 12. Right. And like four assistants. Right. So it's like unfair to even compare someone at our level and then Beyonce. Like it's not cool to like, and there's compare yeah and millennials are very known for this whole like hustle like don't stop hustle hustle you'll sleep when you're dead type of quoting um and she also says no one is truly self-made so i feel like we all need to and it's all over linkedin i've seen it everywhere i've seen it all over instagram all these people about you can make a million dollars in six months if you follow my business plan or whatever. That's the worst 
way of thinking how to be successful because it's so unrealistic. All those people have people in their lives that they've either hired or collaborated with or worked together to build something big. It takes help to scale, Mm -hmm. to grow big. Um, And so I like that she mentioned that and she's like so raw and real about that. Um, She also mentions how we are a combination of five people we hang out with. And she goes into detail on you have to be, you have to witness who's around you, who's those five people are, what are the things that you don't like about those people because you most likely are going to be like pick that up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she says like choose wisely and recognize what of those people are dragging you down and who's building you up. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when like for myself right now, what I'm going through, there are three people in the five people that I see daily or weekly that I do not want to be like at all. Yeah. You are who you hang out with. Yeah. Especially people that you like work with. Like it's hard, you know, to you're spending the most time with them. Yeah. And so there are a lot of traits of people around me, not you, obviously. (laughs) I mean, there's good things about you that I have. And I've said this on other podcasts that I hear your voice in my head all the time. Like things that you've told me growing up, Mm -hmm. ways of thinking or reminding my mind. Those are called seeds. Yeah. So I have to reevaluate that. That's like a huge thing. It was like a red flag waving in my brain when I was reading that. I was like, oh gosh. Um, she also talks about people with insecurities that goes along with the chapter of the five people in recognizing the people with insecurities that could possibly be like not self-destructive, but destructive in the way of your own development. Like sabotaging. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, one thing that she said, which... I have a hard time with letting people's comments roll off me. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I'm working on this, but I carry them with me and I'd love for them to just like hit me and roll off. Right. Kind of like the the shit poncho that Woody always says. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Remember one day you called and I said, are you wearing your shit poncho? Yeah. (laughs) Did you forget it? So I often. The last few months, I've forgotten it. Yeah. Um. So she talks about how to have a response ready. Because if you recognize the people that are, you know, putting their insecurities on you, have a response ready. So I was like, gosh, I never thought about that. There's everyone has like a family member or a friend of a friend that, you know, shows up to a party and you're like, oh, this person has said the meanest things to me. And I really just want to run away now or I want to leave because they're here now. And instead of just running away, have a response ready. So I really liked that. Okay, this is the last one. And it's my absolute favorite, which I had zero clue. She talks about how men versus women applying to jobs. And on like job listings, it talks about qualifications. Mm -hmm. And men look at, job listings and will apply to them without a doubt and have 60% of the qualifications and the other 40 they don't 
technically qualify for, but they jump at it and they're willing to figure it out. Uh huh. Not really like BS those parts of the job task, but they're willing to like jump in and learn it as fast as possible. Fake it until you make it. Exactly. Okay. Whereas women, we look at a job qualifications and we will only apply if a hundred percent of it matches matches. Wow. And that was shocking to me. And I, it sucks. And we'll go into like the next thing. She talks about girl boss quotes but um <laughs> it's irritating I knew that part was gonna get you. it's irritating that a lot of us women these days see like we just want to be like equal with the men All like right. it doesn't need to be like household or anything but like in the career world like equal pay equal treatment exactly. all of that but at the same time like why if i'm so qualified Mm-hmm. Why am I still being underpaid? Right. If you're doing the exact same job. Yeah. Like I know for a fact. There's no reason for it. The job that I have right now is underpaid compared to all the same titles at other companies. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with like company success. Right. It has to do with the fact that. You're a girl. I'm a girl. And it really, really pisses me off. They still haven't come that far with that. Yes. Um, well, there's like um, news reporters, broadcasters that are sitting at the same desk giving the same news and they're getting paid differently. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just don't see the difference there yeah. except for. If the, if the job load, the job title, everything is exactly the same. There should be no reason between man and woman. Yeah. And it shouldn't be based on your like background. You should, it, if you have the knowledge, you have the knowledge. Right. Right. If I was at four companies before versus two companies before, why does that make a difference? I have the well, knowledge. Well, they would call that experience, but yeah. Just because you were at a job 10 times doesn't mean you have this more experience than somebody that's been at four times. Yeah, and I fully agree on if you're at a job for a very, very long time and you've had two jobs your entire life, like to me, that doesn't mean growth. That That is a red flag because we call those sit and stays. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. They, they just stay at a job forever. They don't do yeah. more. They don't grow. They don't, yeah. Yeah. And I do see that changing because of the whole like COVID thing and millennials aren't, like I wouldn't say that we move around a lot. I think we're more open for change and growth rather right. than Versus, well, sitting there and waiting. Because like m- my generation and above, it's security to be at a company for a very long time. Yeah. And that's just not the way it is anymore. Yeah. I'm willing to learn more and grow mm-hmm. as fast as possible. You guys want more experiences. You want yeah. to grow and move, grow, move, grow, move, grow, move. Yeah. 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 I mean, now in my position of like where I am in life, I definitely want a little bit more stability. But mm. before I was like, okay, I've learned as much as I can learn and now I'm bored. Well, especially the job that you have. I mean, the industry that you are in. Not industry, but marketing. Marketing um, is definitely like do all you can do and then move to the next company. Build that company up. Yeah. Move to the next company. Mm-hmm. Build that company up. Move to the next. Yeah. That's kind of how that job goes. Yeah. Unless you're like at an agency where you have new clients all the time. So it would be same thing. What did you learn? I learned a lot. <laughs> 
I did. Okay. <laughs> Just double checking. So, I mean, a lot of stuff we'll talk about later that I didn't relate with her, but a lot of stuff was like, oh, that's why I do that. Or, oh, that makes sense. So I like when she talks about um, the guilt versus shame. And so she says, shame is a focus on self and guilt is a focus on behavior. So if guilt is, I am sorry, I made a mistake. Shame is, I'm sorry, I am the mistake. Uh, Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so many years wasted, knotted up in other people's expectations and so many years of apologizing for who I was. That was like a aha moment Mm -hmm. that I've always struggled with guilt really, really bad. And we've talked about this before off the air about how we put way too much pressure on ourselves to do for others Mm -hmm. and others expectations of us. And I think it's a lot, a lot of that is internal. Yeah. We put it on ourselves. Um, one of the things she talks about in behavior one, which really made a lot of sense to me and how I grew up is, um, she said that they, we grew up with men as the authority. Mm -hmm. So our dads, the person in charge, the person who told you what to do, the person who told you right from wrong uh, was often a man. If that man was good and wise and had your best interests at heart, that's what you saw as your superior. Mm-hmm. So you carry that on to your husband when you get married. Yeah. She told a story about her husband, how one day her husband came in and he had had a really bad day and she was like making it her mission to make his day better. And he was like, stop, just let me have a bad day, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, when I the way I grew up was I was the peacemaker. I was always trying to keep daddy happy, you know, peace between my brothers, my dad. So um, you, when you're a peacemaker, you take on that responsibility of making everybody happy. Mm-hmm. So I could see, relate to her as trying to keep her husband happy or thinking it was her responsibility to make sure he had a good day. Yeah, That's where you get that from. She talked about how uh, in the feminist part, she talked about how she was getting slack from other moms because she wasn't volunteering at the kids' school because she was trying yeah. to build an empire. Mm-hmm. And they would ask her, like, why weren't you here? Why didn't you do this? And she's like, why aren't they asking my husband that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay for the husband to work extreme hours, but it's not okay for the mother to work extreme hours. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of guilt being a working mom, even though I worked jobs for less pay that would be closer to home with shorter hours so that I could be at my children's events you know and be partial room mom when I could and things like that yeah I liked her honesty for when she said that she hated putting the folders together that was funny I that was something I used to do because I worked I could do that at night yeah I remember you doing that for us and I remember reading that part and just laughing and being like gosh I always I mean I don't I'm not a mom I don't think I'm gonna understand until I'm in that position but just thinking about it, like, it seems so boring. And she said the exact same thing. It, it, it is for someone that it's like this. Is, mom is second for her. Yeah. You know, building that empire and being uh, the boss mm-hmm. is where she is where she finds her joy, her completeness, her. Yeah. You know, whereas mine was the opposite. Work was just a way to get money. And I got complete joy and fulfillment from my children. Yeah. Going based on what you brought up in the book, 
I feel like the parts when she talks about being a mother, it's not as relatable to me. That is the part as we go into our next question, our next book club question is that's where I was very unrelated with her because we think differently. You know, also, I'm not a mom. So I'm like, okay, this is boring. I just need a fat like I'll come back to this when I am a mom type thing. And I felt like and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. You know, some people their whole life, all they want to be is mom. Some people want to be a president. Somebody, some want to clean houses. Some want to, you know, it's wherever you get your joy. You know, those home organizers now, yeah. those people that go into your home and organize, you know, that's like a huge industry right now. And that's like, that's, they figured out that that's what makes them happy yeah, and fulfills them. So they made a business out of it, which is great. And a lot of women, she didn't really talk about this in the book, but a lot of women are pressured to be mothers. You know, you're supposed to get married, have kids, you know, then have grandkids and, you know, and not everybody has to have kids. You can be a great aunt or a great godmother or a great, you know, you, Mm -hmm. I hate that people would feel pressured that this is what you have to do in life. Yeah. Because you don't. And I'm not putting her down for her choices. I'm just saying it's a little, and I'm, I wouldn't never put anybody down that wants to be a career woman and have a nanny or her husband stay home or partner stay home and take care of the kids. That's. It's whatever fulfills you. Don't do what you think you're supposed to do. And that yeah. I did pick up from this book a lot is stop doing what you think you're supposed to do and do what you want to do. Yeah. Without apologizing. Without apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two, our question is what parts did we not relate to? Which I mentioned one of them. Um, but I have, again, another <laughs> long list. Yes. Go back to that. <laughs> I love this topic because... When you get to the part, when she mentioned this in the book, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, um, that's my second point of this. But my first one is, which is a huge one, not only just like her rambling on about being a mother, but towards the end of the book, this, okay, I am going to talk about this in another episode, probably way down the road, but I've always wanted to write my own book. I that, want to be a writer. Yes. I didn't go to school for it, but I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like. like I, I always wanted really to good. be a writer when I was younger. Really? In fact, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I wrote a very short story and submitted it like the library in our, I grew up in Anim Hills. So the library there on mm-hmm. Null Ranch was having like a little contest thing and I submitted and everything. I, I've got to find it because it's somewhere because I've seen it as an adult in one of my boxes. Mm-hmm. I'll find it and have you read it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I've always wanted to be an author and I don't see myself. Okay. Part of my job in the real world is editing. I am really good at like editorial stuff and, um, copywriting both like printed and digital work. So I'm a really enjoy like telling a story Mm -hmm. that in in my career, that is what I do. I tell a story right. for brands. Um, and gosh, this kills me. I I feel so bad. I hope she doesn't hear this. But it hurt me as a storyteller to see her writing and rambling about nonsense. She starts writing about, like one of the chapters, she talks about how she's on a deadline for this book. Right. And so she's talking about that in her book because they're probably pressuring her to finish. Yes. Yeah. 
And she's talking about her surroundings, where she is as she's writing this book, her surroundings, the stories, like the people that are around her. She like went to a coffee shop or somewhere. I can't exactly remember because I was just distracted well, by that's the That's a fact. wasted chapter. Yes. I'm like, why am I it's reading like about nothing? Filler. Let's that's get back to I the. Put. Oh, yeah. I she said. She was putting in filler. Felt like filler is my <laughs> note. And if I was the editor, I would have cut all of that out. Yeah. I would have been like. Like, why does the book have to be so long? Cut that out. Yeah, exactly. Like, but I'm a bullet girl. So simple, straight to it. It would be hard for me to complete a whole book because of the demand on how many pages you have to have. Yeah. She talked about word count word count, word count, word count. I got to make my word count. And I'm like, who cares about the word count? No one, I guarantee you, no one wants to read a book that is 250 pages along with all other books that are 250 right. pages. Just write Especially a book. Especially if you get bored in the middle. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, do I continue reading or do I just skip to like the next part? Um, the second part, I'm going to pull the book. She brings up Girl Boss. That's the part I cringed at. I was like, Ooh. yeah, I was like, uh, you lost me. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read from the book. And if you cringe, let us know in the comments or in our DMs because if you know me, my license plate says girl boss. Well, like, I fully it, believe in the term and the feeling. Before it got so huge when it just started and you had that, you know, that yeah. was like, that's who I'm going to be. Yes. Um, it was everywhere. I was buying constantly. Yeah, I little have a pillow in here. I have a placket on my desk. Yeah. My license. Like everything. I think I bought you a little dish that you, says Girl Boss yeah. in it. Yeah. I have a cups. I was like, ooh. I don't think of it that way. So go ahead. And so, then what you explained, girl versus. Yeah. Okay. Do you see my note in the book? Yes. What does it say? Cringy. No. Oh. This one. Hold on. Oh, judgy. Yeah. She does that. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. It, she does that a couple times in the book where yeah. she comes off very judgy of other women. I have multiple of yeah. the the word judgy. She's a great hype girl, but sometimes she gets a little judgy. Go ahead. Okay. So she says, uh, well, she talks about the word qualify and then defines it, mm -hmm. which is very like rude, aggressive. Um, she says to qualify the term boss by adding girl or babe or honey or pink or whatever. Okay. I'm uh, offended right there because I, know. I love when people call me babe or honey. Okay. Go ahead. Or I like the color pink. Like what the heck? <laughs> um, okay. Let me, let me, Sorry. um, okay. To qualify the term boss by adding girl or babe or honey or pink or whatever other ridiculous antiquated gender role assignment the media thinks is cute this month is at the least disrespectful and at the worst damaging to the way young women view themselves and to our fight of equality in the business world. And the worst part is women are the ones who are perpetrating this. Women are the ones who are stamping this label on stationary t-shirts, pinnable quotes, all under the guise that 
It's helpful and inspiring to a young generation. On some level, they're right. Owning or running a company or a team is inspiring for a young generation. But if our daughter has the courage and grit to pick up that baton, don't belittle their effort by saying it's pretty good for a girl. We don't call them girl doctors or girl lawyers or girl nominees for president of the United States. Those positions were hard fought to achieve and they demand respect. So does this. Being a boss has been one of the greatest privileges and challenges of my life. Being a boss takes guts and tenacity. Being a boss takes hustle and strength. She goes on, which I'm going to like, I like, I hated everything up until this one point. Mm -hmm. She says, getting to the level of boss takes hard work, oftentimes harder than it takes for a male counterpart because in many industries, we're fighting our way into a boys club. We might call that kind of person a rebel, a rogue, a leader, but that's nothing gender specific about it. 100% disagree, but the the part where she says we're off, oftentimes harder to get to the level of boss, mm-hmm. um, like when we're trying to get into a male counterpart or boys club, if you will. So I again very judgy like don't don't take the girl parts that i like away from me because it's girly yeah that that is that rubbed me wrong to that chapter that part of the chapter because i don't want to say i'm anti-feminist because i'm all for girl power yeah <laughs> but let me be feminine let yeah. me be a girl yeah let me care about my hair and my clothes and my shoes and my you know yeah exactly yeah it's just it was tough sitting there reading all of that only to then get two sentences where it was like okay now you have a woman's back like i kind of feel like she i think that maybe that's offensive to her because again she's striving to climb this ladder that she Mm -hmm. you know has but i think like i don't want to be the same way that she is in that those few paragraphs but she was in event planning before this and she still does events by like having women come and listen to her talk. That's not male dominating. Right. Marketing is male dominating. Right. Right. Because males tell us what we want. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like I like until you are in a male dominating industry or until she's in a male dominating field. Right. She has no room to write that. Okay. Like it pissed me that off. That rubbed you wrong. It really pissed me it. off. I can feel it. Like, if anyone knows what it's like to work in a boys club, you come to me and I will tell you everything. Because I have so many stories about not only being treated like a girl, but also being treated like one of the boys. And it's like, why can't you just... Like, I'm a girl. Right. Don't don't make me feel like I'm a little girl, but also I'm not a guy. I'm a woman. Treat me like one. Right. So... There's a it's fine a line. It's a balance. Okay. Um, she also talked about in the book, like I said, she said, um, girl lawyer, girl doctor. doctor. And I thought, <laughs> this is what I wrote down. I was like, um, P.S. A boy boss, man boss, no feelings of pride behind that. <laughs> That's why it is girl boss. Because there's yes. a feeling, a strength. It's not just it. boss. Yeah. It's a girl boss. Yeah. Um, then I talked, or then I wrote about um, 
her sad girl, I put this in quotes, these are my quotes, um, sad girl advice. She talks about being a working mom and her version of a working mom Mm -hmm. by her going to her kids' karate classes and then pulling out the laptop. And I feel like it's sad to me that she doesn't even realize she's missing things. Like you have an hour. She talks about how like everyone has that one hour in their day to make time to grow a business or right. to make a dream happen but you and you, she was doing it during karate yeah and the other also, moms were giving her shade yeah but i was thinking well you have one hour to focus on them give them right. that time right it's not about you or your business it's about them she doesn't think about her kids Th- that's where i talk about that in mine um and then she talks about work-life balance which is part of that karate thing and i was like um girl you don't know what that means that's not balance so i didn't and the thing is about that is your children are children for such a short period yeah of time in your life you know that one hour yeah i don't does he go to karate every day i mean it's one hour a week yeah you know Mm -hmm. you can watch him and i'm not saying you have to watch him the whole entire time because it does get boring yeah. I had three kids in three different sports. It gets boring. Also, I cannot believe you and dad did that. Did what? Went to all the sports? Like, you guys were so open to all of us being in totally different sports. Oh, yeah. Like, Nigel was in karate, court was soccer, and I was cheer. Uh-huh. Like, none of those go together. Like, if your son and your daughter were... Oh, he was football, in football and cheer. She was yeah. cheer. Like, okay. That's how my mom did it. But it was like go to this building for karate, go to this field for soccer, Mm -hmm. go to this like convention center for a cheer competition. Um, And so she, when she's talking about the work-life balance um, with the family, which I I just discussed, the part about her and her husband broke my heart because she said every Sunday her and her husband sit down, which they're, if you follow her life, they're not married anymore. They got divorced. Uh-huh. But reading this part of the book and a lot of part of the book. A lot of the time when she brings her husband, knowing she's divorced now, yeah. is a little. No, like, I recognize like, girl, it's right there. Right. That's why you're, you're, I mean, I don't want to be like, I'm just, don't I haven't judge. even hit one year of don't being judge. married and I don't have kids. But what I'm saying is like, it was right there in her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says every Sunday they sit down and they pull out each other's um, calendars and then make time for them, for their time. Right. And so it just like made me sad that... They're way overbooked. Yeah. She doesn't realize it. He doesn't realize it. They are not prioritizing. Like just by sitting down and getting a, a date night on the calendar is still not prioritizing it. It would probably be better to s- specify like every Thursday... And yeah. you never put any, it, that's just marked off the calendar. You never put anything in that space. Yes, yeah. exactly. 100% agree. Okay, on page 148, she's, the chapter is learn to say no. Love this chapter. Um, if you know us. What is no? No is a. Complete sentence. That is not from this book. That is from our podcast. If you've listened before. But on this that, section. That goes to Aunt Liz. Yes. On this section of this chapter, um, on page 148, she says, respond ASAP. And I put in my book, 
in pen. These are all notes in pen. <laughs> I did notice that. I said, disagree, be honest, be you. And then in quotes, check back. So one of my friends is in therapy mm-hmm. and her, she's like the ultimate people pleaser. And she yes. is 100% like knows it. She's been struggling and trying to work better on it um, so that she's not losing herself and she's working on herself. Very good. I'm and, glad she's doing that at a young age. Yes. Um, and so this part of the book reminded me of her because she told me when she was in therapy, she said when she talked about her therapist and how like what's going on in her life, her therapist said the best response instead of saying yes or no is let me think about it. Yes. Or I'll, I'll check back with you later. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to give you an answer yet. Right. And that's a totally perfectly good answer for no. Right. Because then you, you're not disappointing them in person as they're asking you. And you're not pressuring yourself into doing something you don't want to do. Yes. And I feel like a lot of times we're forcing ourselves to please other people by just saying yes and by showing up when in reality we don't want to do it. Right. And so the part of, her, so what she discusses is respond ASAP. Let me read the section. Like, it, this is really cringy. Uh-oh. <laughs> we won't be reading another one of her books. <laughs> no, I'm so sad about this. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, to stay organized in business, you're told to only touch something once. Meaning, if you open an email, you respond to it then. If you take a meeting, you come up with a plan of action while you're in the room. Only touch it once. She says, respond as soon as possible in the affirmative or the negative no maybes no probably's maybe and probably is code for i really don't want to do this but i don't want to tell you that which i agree like don't say maybe or probably but instead of let me check like just let me check and get back to you yes like that's a good way of like postponing your answer of yes or no yeah and that's a healthy way to do it her unhealthy way is responding asap like that's not genuine yeah I think she's a uh, really into herself person type. Sorry. Go ahead with your list. <laughs> well, that was my second to last one. Uh. But I just like made me like this. As soon as I saw the headline, I was like, I don't understand that. And then I started reading and I was like, oh, no, girl. No. Like, no. You sh- No one should ever respond as soon as possible. Right. Like, if you definitely want to do it. Yes. But as let f- me get back to you. As far as like, like if someone's inviting you to a concert. Yes or no. Obviously. I think that's like a time management thing she's talking about. The whole touch it once is a business time management mm-hmm. philosophy. Yeah. I just think with like normal life, that's not the way to give it, advice. Social life. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then my last thing that I am not, I don't relate to her on is she says, focus on one dream. And my note was boo. <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. Uh-huh. She says, if you only pick one dream, there is no plan B. So in her mind, plan B would be a failure. Yes. Yeah. And I put scary statement. Yeah. If you only pick one dream, there is no plan B. Like that to me would be like, well, if plan A, my dream, my one dream that I'm putting everything into then fails, over. then my life is over. Yeah. And That's I a way think to of it as talk. a way you should have so many dreams that you're constantly yeah. a- attaining them. Yeah. And yeah. if one doesn't work, move on to the next. Or if it works, move on to the next. Yeah. 
You just can have one dream. You get it when you're in your 20s. Well, that's and then what? what she said was focus on one. And when it's successful, yeah. you can go to the next. And I said, no, how about if it doesn't work? Okay. Then I have a plan B. Yeah. Yeah. That's a scary way of thinking. And I feel Well, especially bad. the way you think, you know, I I'm f- the same way. You always have to have a plan B. Yeah. Um. So I put, I've never picked one dream. I've done a lot of things that I've dreamt of as a kid. And sometimes you get into them and you're like, mm. yeah, exactly. How do you know that that is going to be the forever dream right. if you don't try it? Right. Okay. So on my list, my notes from um, what part of the book did you not relate to? Mm-hmm. I put just a few things, but like she's a bit extreme. Uh, yeah. She's like an over the top hype girl, um, which is great if you need a kick in the butt. Um, I also agree with you that I, this is a little judgy, but I really don't think she should have had four kids. She has four kids or five. Um, she birthed three, adopted the last oh, okay. one, her youngest. I just don't think it's her thing. You know, not saying that she does not love her children. I'm not saying she's a bad mom. I'm just saying that that like being a mother is not her thing. I mean, you can you pick put, that up. Either either she was in a really negative time of mothering in her life. When she wrote When it. she wrote this and it came out in the book or not. But it's it's almost like she's complaining about the responsibilities of being a mother throughout the book. Or it definitely shows that she's putting motherhood second, third, On the or back fourth. burner. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's 18 years. That's a lot of years though. No, it's not. Yeah, no, but it's if not. you think about it, it is. It's not. And really, you're not completely tied to your children for 18 years. Yeah. They turn 16, get cars and jobs, and, and a lot of that time is freed up. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, I got towards the middle and end, I got the feeling that her life is a mess, and she's kind of forcing this agenda. Like, okay. this is her thing. This is her niche. This is her dream, is to be a motivational speaker. Yeah. And, I mean, not just her. There's a lot of people that write self-help books and motivational speakers and, and their lives a mess. And maybe it's like psychologists, you know, they always say psychologists have screwed up families, but they're helping other people with their families. Yeah. It's like a thing. Like they have really good advice, but they won't take their own. They advice. don't take their own. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you're really good at telling other people what to do, <laughs> but not doing it yourself. I mean, she had lots of good points. Um, if you want to get fired up to do something in life, read the book. I think yeah. it's really good on that. When mm-hmm. you're in the middle of your dream like we are, I think it was a little bit of a, a, some things were offensive. And then me as my whole goal in life was to be a mother. So it was yeah, a little cringy sometimes. And, that, and then I thought, I felt bad for her kids a lot. And I'm not saying her kids have had a bad life. Mm-hmm. And then when she talks about her childhood, I mean, she had a very rough childhood mm-hmm. and some very damaging things happen. And I understand why she wants to be the complete opposite. You know, she was, it's almost sad because, you know, when you're a kid, you're embarrassed of things your parents do. But then when you become an adult, you're like, who cares? Yeah. Right. You care more as a kid, what your friends think when they come over to your house or whatever. And as an adult, you don't really care. Yeah. Um, And then you become a mom and do kind of the same things that your parents did. And your kids are embarrassed, you know, it's kind of like that. But she took the things that embarrassed her as a kid and she's like made it her life mission to not be those, those people, you know? And I'm like, you got to kind of get over that. You know, your parents were doing the best they could. Yeah. You know, and look at you, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're successful. She needs to let go. Thank your childhood for that. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I've told, I've told you this a lot that most like celebrities and artists and actors and stuff they they come from trauma 
and that's what makes them so successful that they're striving to do better in life because that that their childhood was so traumatic they never want to go back to that spot yeah and there's like those anyone who deals with childhood trauma there's two options there's you know go nowhere and or repeat it or make it your life mission to get out of it and be better. Yeah. Never and be in that position again. Really forcing it. Yeah. And almost to the negative. Sometimes I yeah, felt like I, you can tell she's, I mean, I feel bad saying this, but I feel like she's not happy. Yeah. I don't know. That's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good spots about the book though. I mean, there's like, really, yeah, so there's I, a I just lot of really didn't good quotes. relate that with the mother stuff yeah. at all. And I did agree when she talked about other mothers shaming her, you know, mind your own business. Yeah. And that's if you're not going to say it to my husband, don't say it to me. Oh yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. Why yeah. is it all on the mom? Yeah. You know? That's what I'm terrified about motherhood. Because you're going to be a working mom. Yeah. And also like, I don't think I'm, I'm not the person to say stuff like that to people. And I know it's coming in my life and I'm so scared. Like just, I want to be like one of the, I'm going to be the mom that like rushes in, drops the kid off and leaves. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stay around and hear the gossip or hear them talk about me. Like, no thanks. I was in high school once. I don't want to go back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do get that. Yeah. You do get that. Okay. The next part. You, that's it. You finished your unrelated. Yeah. Oh, wow. Those were the things that I didn't really relate to. I mean, I like a lot of her analogies and things. And when we get to the last part, the quotes, I have a lot of great quotes that I loved. But Okay, so speaking of quotes, the third question, which is the last question, is do you have any favorite quotes or chapters in the book? (laughs) Yes. I. Oh, you got a good list. I got a long list. Wow, you got a really long list. Okay, good. So... Like I said, there are a lot of things that she's like good one-liner quotes Mm -hmm. that you can apply to your life. And I think what she did when she starts explaining it or starts to ramble is when she lost me. But I still picked up on those those one-liners or quotes that I'm like, okay, this, this I've never heard before. So on, if you have the book with you, um, if you're driving right now, please don't grab the book out. <laughs> but if you are either at work or at home and you're listening um, or on break, whatever you're doing, and you can actually sit and open the book on page 60 at the bottom. She says, there's a great Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. I love that. Oh, I love that. Because it, that works with anything in life. Yeah. So one, this is like unrelated to the book, but um, there is a video of Judge Judy and she talks about how, okay, you didn't do it in your 20s. Start it in your 30s. Uh-huh. Okay. You didn't start it in your 30s. Do it in your 40s. Okay. You're 40. Do it in your 50s. Like take the next 10 years to work on it and become like become your dream. It's not too late. And that's why I like that quote. Um, Judge Judy, I I believe her story is she became a TV judge around 45 and is a massive millionaire now. Yeah. Like she started it when she was in the 40s. She started very late. Yeah. 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 That happens for a lot of people that Mm -hmm. are well known. Well, especially now. People are more active into their 80s, so you have a lot more time. Yeah. Okay, on page 69, 
it's like the middle of the page. The quote is, all you can do at any stage and season of life is try your best and someone else's opinion of how you're doing or what you're doing is none of your business. What do I always say? You always say that. And I put reminder in the margins. Look at one of my quotes. Was that it? Other people's opinions of you are none of your business. She says that a couple times in the book. Well, it's a good one because you need to remind yourself of that. Yeah. And you are, you have to constantly remind your own self Uh that you are doing your best. Right. And if you. And they're going to talk about you no matter what. Yeah. But like your version of the best is different with other those other people and why do you care right. yes i think it's human nature to care but gosh if you could give if i could give every person that i know the gift of being different and unique and not fitting in is an amazing freeing feeling you know yeah that's literally my goal in therapy is to feel free to reach that level yeah she you will she told me this last week she was like try to find the freedom in things yeah. like you might feel stuck but try to look at the freedom which is like way easier said than done. And I had to ask her, like, I don't know what that means. And she like discussed a little bit more, but I still like, it's going to take me a few months to understand that. And then I know one day it's going to It does click. get easier as you get older, but with therapy, you'll get there much faster. I've always been weird, but I really didn't embrace that weird till I got older. Okay. On page 71, there's two. So like towards the middle, she's talking about her husband. You're most easily talked out of an idea you might have loved or into an idea you might regret when you allow other people's opinions to color your plans. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. So like if you are, if there's a person in your life and you want to like accomplish like one of your dreams mm-hmm. and you know they're going to like everyone recognizes those people that talk you out of things. Right. That's why we try to keep things secret. <laughs> yeah. I always, I've, one of my FITM teachers said, watch out for those anacondas. Oh yeah. That's a good do one. Do you remember that yes, quote? I do. I do. He said, they will, there will be anacondas in your life that you do not know are anacondas. And they will come after your dream and ruin it in your mind. Those people that talk you out of things. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, recognize the anacondas and try to keep your dreams quiet from them. Yeah. So I really like that. And I've... Quiet. That's better than secret. Yeah. We keep things quiet until they're ready to come out. Or we're already doing it. And then... They're like, oh, guess what we've been doing for a couple months. (laughs) Okay, lower on the page, which I wasn't going to talk about, but I just read it and it's really good. Um, She says, no one can validate you enough to follow through on the dreams you've laid out for yourself. Okay, on page 75, um, at the very bottom, she says, someone else's opinion only holds power if you allow it to. Yeah, that's it. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission. Yeah, that hit home for me. Yeah. These are all things that like I was, when I would You're read it, I'm like. You're letting people control that feeling. Oh yeah. my yeah. gosh. That's good. Then you got a lot out of the book. Well, I mean, look at my book. It's like full of tabs. Yeah. <laughs> and you're so organized. Well, I wasn't yesterday. <laughs> I'm very much prepared today. Okay. This one, this next one is on page 79. It's about gratitude versus blind acceptance. Um, it's after the third paragraph. She says, there is a big difference between gratitude for your life and blind acceptance of whatever comes your way. Huh. There is a big difference between gratitude for Being your life. Uh-huh, for your life. And, and just letting things happen to you. Yes. I get that. I did that for a lot of years. Yeah. And I feel like... 
like I don't want people to get irritated and turn this podcast off but I feel like when you have a relationship with God you could recognize gratitude a lot easier Uh and I think there like this quote is the difference between someone who's religious and is grateful for what that has been given versus just accepting what happens right and the, accepting what happens both good and bad you know well because we know there's a higher power in charge of our lives yeah yeah it's much easier okay uh, uh gosh there's so many page numbers i'm so sorry page 81 uh towards the middle of the page i feel like all her quotes are the middle of the page <laughs> she says the more i understand that your jagged edges, the parts of you that stick out in odd directions and don't match everyone else's, those are what make you uniquely you. Uh-huh. So instead, she talks about like being a piece of glass in the ocean and being pushed around and uh, sand hitting All the your, experiences that happen to you in life. Yeah. Yeah. Rub the sand against you. Yeah. Rubbing and making your jagged en- edges that make you unique are now soft and you can't see them on the outside. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I think just being proud of, well, learning to be proud of who you are. And be different. Yeah. Yeah. Not be cookie Every, We cutter. don't want everybody to be the same. Which I, w- I don't like talking about this, but Instagram filters, I feel like they make everyone look the same. Like I feel like everyone looks like the same alien. Right. And you know what's happening now when we see somebody without a filter? We're like, oh. Yeah. You know, because we're not used to it. I also don't like the way like, it's like a plastic plastic surgeries making everyone look similar like same right like cat eyes yeah same cheek the eyebrows straight up the big lips like you i'm not judging or not like your normal upkeep we're not talking about your normal upkeep we're talking extreme cases like like people on tv cases every kim kardashian posts this photo and she's standing with like a whole bunch of girls in a line Mm -hmm. and i think chloe's with her they all have the same eye they all have the same cheekbones. They all have the same lips. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, did you all go to the same doctor? I know you <laughs> didn't because this is a trend. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel it's like, like the housewives. Yeah. Yeah. I just like be proud of the yeah. little things. That Get a little you. maintenance. Yeah. Look pretty. But don't change your whole look. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. This one's really short, but I really like it. And it really like brought that like girl boss mentality back into my mind Mm -hmm. she on page 90 she says grown-up women don't ask permission i like that there is absolutely a way to be your own person while also being part of a great relationship with someone else it is absolutely possible to manage your priorities your responsibilities and your personal desires in a way that stays true to you and the people you love yeah i think that came after she was talking about how it was her job to keep her husband happy and yeah. and and ask him if she could go to the store and ask him if she could go out with her friends and ask. Yeah, she's I, like, why am I asking? And I thought that too. I'm a grown adult. My like, parents have moved on. <laughs> you taught me very early on that like, I don't need to ask permission for certain things. Right. Well, we and had you, discussions. Yeah. There wasn't like, like, I don't tell her what to do. We discuss it and she decides. Yeah. Do you want to tell that story? Of who I had that conversation yes. with? Yes. Oh. It's a good one for people who either um, blended family or It was a conversation I had with your bio dad and that he, you were getting to a point where you didn't want to go. And he said that I need to tell you. 
that you need to, to tell me to go. I need to tell you to go. Yeah. Um, I think it was like after I said like, well, I'll ask Brittany. And he was like, no, you tell her. And I said, oh, no, I don't tell her. <laughs> That's not how this works. You know, she is grown up and you weren't grown up. I mean, I was I like 11. Tw- yeah, 11 or 12. And I said, I'll discuss it with her and see what she wants to do. And he, and he said, no, you tell her. And I said, no, that's not how it works. She can make her own decisions mm-hmm. with my guidance, of course, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, he didn't like that. And I think that's like such a good way. Of- I think it was like old in that moment when we were ta- sorry to cut you off it's okay. in that moment when we were having that discussion I felt like old parenting versus new parenting yeah, yeah. that's how I felt I felt like I was having a conversation with my my dad <laughs> you know like no dad we don't do it like that anymore <laughs> you know yeah but it's we a, don't just boss them around for no reason yeah it's a good transition to like adopt that if you have kids for like the like element between elementary and high school like when I, being an adult, you get to. I agree, and I think a them. lot of your generation missed that mark. I'm not going to judge other parents, but if you're waiting s- until they're 18 to give them freedom, yeah, um, or teach them things, you're you're missed the ball. You're a little late. Yeah, you need to teach them to make decisions, how to problem solve, and you know, okay, do you want to go? Okay, but why don't you want to go? Just because you're lazy and tired, or because you don't like somebody, or you know. You need to start teaching them how to make those decisions because guess what? When they turn 16, they're going to be in a car Mm -hmm. and they're going to be driving and then they're going to be going to high school parties and then their friends are going to be influencing them. If you tell your kids everything to do, they won't know what to do. They won't know how to make decisions on their own. And when they're put in a situation like that, how are they going to handle it? They've always been told what to do. You have to teach them to make decisions for themselves and it has to be a slow transition. Mm -hmm. I agree. Sorry. I, tangent no no, no. <laughs> okay go ahead okay page 109 i wrote in the margin preach with preach, a sister with an exclamation mark <laughs> which she says sister a lot too and that's one thing that that's a girl me. quote like why do you call everybody sister yeah okay. um okay so the quote is we need to get past the idea that certain rules only apply to certain people at particular life stages oh so at me like that I mean, it's not you. Okay. <laughs> it's for me that quote hit me hard because I feel like the way the business world works is you have to be at a certain age or a certain stage in your life to do one thing. You have to be a certain age and a certain point to be another thing to like move on to the next. And I think that's so ridiculous. I think Gen Z and millennials are really trying to break that pattern right that was made up i feel like well it's that's another that you stay at the job same job for 25 years is that the more time you were in this field or in this job the more experience you had or knowledge you had and that is not the case someone that like you Mm -hmm. got three degrees from business people Mm -hmm. not just teachers that had never done it in their life you know sorry I didn't mean to offend teachers but you know what I mean not just out of a book you actually hands-on learned business well it was a trade school so you could have more knowledge Mm -hmm. and experience than somebody that's been there for 20 years especially in how things have changed Mm -hmm. I agree and so that explains my personal experience that I've been dealing with like Okay, I have to deal with this whole stupid stage stairs 
type thing where I have right. to take each step I have step to be here slowly. for five years, then I have to be there for 10 years then before I can be who I already know I am. Yes. Yeah. So that's my inner struggle. But then this happened to Woody and it kind of pissed me off because it was not not only was I struggling with being taken seriously as a woman in the business world, but also being very young and being taken seriously, then he all he has to do is that he's he's got a house and he has a wife and all of a sudden he gets all these benefits. Oh. And yes, we were at different companies, but like the fact that like a man, as soon as he gets married or as soon as he moves into a house, they get all this perk. Well, did you have you heard that from the feminist movement thing yes. is that men that was an actual excuse of why women were paid less like in the 80s, 70s and 80s was because he has a family yeah he has a wife and children he needs to support them and just because she was a single woman or she was a married woman and had a husband that also had a job mm-hmm. she should be paid less yeah that's crazy that happened literally months ago and is still happening to this day and it pisses me off and i'm I don't believe in the whole like feminist movement. I think well, it, the extreme feminists, let's say. Yeah. Okay. I think I don't know. I I don't know. There what should call, be to equal call it. for the same yeah, thing. Definitely. If I'm, I mean, I I shouldn't say. I don't like, understand the pay difference. That that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. There are some things that men should do, and there are some things that women should do. Mm-hmm. We're just built that way. Mm-hmm. But as far as pay, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense or if you're doing the same thing. Business perks mm-hmm. like getting a raise or mm-hmm. a title change that's bigger like you get a bigger office let's just say you've come a long way baby but not long enough <laughs> yeah so i mean I, my whole thought process is okay so a man gets married and moves into a house a woman gets married and moves into a like how it's literally the same stage in life right why can't we both grow at right. the same rate right and that's what like irritates me and that's why i was like we're working on it yeah okay next quote okay this is a long one and i'm gonna read from the book it's on page it's at the very bottom of page 121 and then goes into 122 so she says i heard this one time and i thought this was the greatest analogy ever imagine that you are a glass vase and you're standing up tall and someone is pouring water into you That water is everything you could possibly need to survive. So you, as the glass vase, are filled with life and energy and nutrients and love and joy, all the good things. But we women often don't think about ourselves as much as we worry about everyone else. So we try and lean over. We tip our vases forwards and backwards and side to side so that the good things we receive will spill out to those around us. We give some to our children, to our coworkers, to our parents, and to our friends. We keep tipping ourselves over. We tip it a little bit here. We spill a little bit there. And eventually the vase falls over and breaks into a thousand pieces. We spend so much effort trying to take care of others, then we destroy ourselves in the process. I'm getting emotional about this. Um, She says, but here's the incredible thing. If you're a vase and you just stand up tall and proud on a firm foundation, if you just take in all the things that are being poured into you, what will eventually happen to the water in the vase? It will overflow and spill out to everyone around you. That was great. That it was makes great. me emotional all over again, but I put crying, wow. 
Yeah. It is true. You okay? Yeah. Um, it makes me sad because like, I know some men are like that too. Yeah. They give and like, give and give and give. Yeah. Why aren't we being recognized for that? Right. We should be the ones that it's get paid more. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been the role of the woman because she's stronger. <sighs> Basic. <laughs> Okay, on page 140 at the bottom, she, and I put in my notes on the margin part, uh-huh. I put reminder so that I can come back to it. Um, she said, mediocrity will always drag, will always try and drag you back down to mediocrity. Lazy will always try and drag you back down to lazy. So that goes back to like surround yourself with people that are good influences with you. Oh, and there's, I just found another one. So on the following page, she says, you need less wishbone and more backbone. Oh my gosh, I have that one. Oh, I have that one. so good. Your picture of Carson Phil. I love that one because that's me. And it's In more fact, of like- my very first quote on the page. That one. You need less wishbone and more backbone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, and then my last one. Oh my gosh. Okay, this one was like very eye-opening to me. Okay, she says, and I in my, the margin I put easy way to view this. Mm-hmm. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Meaning, if someone asks you to do something outside of your regular regularly scheduled programming, as in your schedule, so your responsibilities, yeah, and your reaction, your gut reaction is hell yes, then you should absolutely say yes. If not, then it's a no, thank you. I need to work on that because I tend to say yes to everything, and. S- I feel like I'm the same way. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then like leading up to it, like the day before or hour before, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what did I why say? did I say yes? And then, and then people cancel and you're like, yes. Yeah. And then even like when you say. Don't ever feel bad at canceling. <laughs> even when you say yes, like in the moment you're like, yeah. When you're like, I, that was a yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> well, I usually ah. do. Oh, I need to check. Yeah. You know, which I need to check a lot anyway, because I never remember. And then I double book all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's it for me. Okay. That was a long one. I'm so, you so took sorry. Up some of mine. Sorry. My first one is you need less wishbone and more backbone. Because <laughs> I'm talking to myself. No, it's a good way of like, don't focus on the hope and just do. Yeah. 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 This is huge for me because... When we talked about how we keep our things quiet because we don't want to hear the negative chatter yeah. of the reasons why we shouldn't do something we don't be or that it's a it. silly idea or we don't want that until we've already created it. Yeah. So this one. I think we do that because it's like, well, it's too late. We already did it. Yeah, I'm already doing it. So mm-hmm. we don't want to be talked out of it until we, you know what I mean? Anyway, someone that's sitting in the cheap seats doesn't get to tell you how to fight in the ring. I love that quote. It was like, Yes. If you're not doing the work and you're not in on the end result, then be quiet. It's none of your business. So my next one after that, which you already shared, but other people's opinions of you are none of your business, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. goes along with that. Yeah. But I've always told you that before. Like what people think of you is none of your business. And I learned that from Dr. Phil. Yeah. And you would would always say that, but I it's hard to accept it's it. It's hard to understand yeah. it. And it takes apply. practice. It takes practice. But believe me, I know. I still struggle at my age with things like that. If you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. I agree 100%. So you have to change the way you're doing things if you want something new. Yeah. Right? Like 
that goes with like dating especially like if you're having trouble if you're going moving from like bad relationship to bad relationship obviously you like need you're to change up how that. you're doing like your picker yeah. like people say have a bad picker well then you need to look somewhere else yeah. you know or you know you know what i mean like if you're getting that's that whole same thing you you know if you're doing the same thing over and over again you're going to continue to get to the same results yes yeah. yeah well did you have a favorite chapter uh not really that's how bad the book was. I got, no, it's not, it wasn't that it was that bad. I got at least a quote or a phrase out of almost every chapter. chapter yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. like every chapter was pretty good until she started talking about her deadlines. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we both can agree that there's one chapter that we did the work that we actually did work on. Um, I think it's a good book and you don't have to read it front to back. You can go to a section, you know, or you can just read the behaviors or you can just read the excuses. You learned, I learned way more from the excuses than the behaviors. So you can do either one. Yes, I totally agree. Okay. It's on, it's starting on page 95. This, I feel like everyone needs to read this chapter and then do this. So I know this is like super lame to do. Well, actually, I don't think it's lame, and I've always done this. No, because we've always done vision boards. So the chapter is called Choose One Dream and Go All In, which we already discussed. Like, I don't believe We're in the one dream, right. but I think this is a good exercise. The process is good. For, you know, planning out your life. And it's not exactly planning your life. It's you recognizing what you want in the next 10 years. And she says she does this every year, so I think that's a little much. There are a lot of people I know that do that on january 1 like what they expect out of the year and it's probably a good idea so that you're like oh a whole year passed and i didn't do anything yeah it's yeah. probably a really good so idea to start that that you is start true. that with your family um so the chapter talks about 10 10 1 10 years 10 dreams one goal so we did this exercise separately separately didn't discuss it so that you guys can hear it for the first time that we each other are hearing ours so the first one the 10 years she just she says like who who do you want to be in 10 years do you want me to go first yeah fully retired and traveling okay a retired traveler a retired traveler well i'll be 61 in 10 years so hopefully covid's over and you can travel oh my dear (laughs) it'll be covid 55 (laughs) i don't know what they would call it well covid it would be 33 right 32 yeah. yeah, 32. COVID-32. COVID-32. <laughs> Lockdown for 14 years instead of 14 days. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, sorry. Okay, tangent. <laughs> what is your 10 years? Wait, you only did one? Where I want to be in 10 years? Who do you want to be in 10 years? I thought you were supposed to pick 10. Oh, no. 10 is the 10 dreams. But go ahead. Okay, I did 10. <laughs> okay, let's see. I did 10, 10, 1. Okay. Um, so who do I want to be in 10 years i want to be a true girl boss running my own business which is a podcast and a boutique i want to be a successful podcaster i was very descriptive a successful podcaster at dear media productions with my mom still producing sutherland girls podcast i want to be a mother of three to four kids i want to be an exceptional wife to woody i want to be a create i want to be the creative director of sutherland girls brand my whole dream since I started FITM was I wanted to be a creative director. Uh-huh. 
And I think the best way to be a true, like a really good all in creative director would be for our brand. Okay. I want to be an author of a hilarious tell all book about being a girl boss working in a boys club company. (laughs) And I want to be confident, never second guess, feel that gut feeling again. I want to be less anxious and stressed with my work, AKA post therapy success. Mm -hmm. And then I put one more. I thought I was supposed to fill out 10. That's okay because we're at different places in life. Yeah. I'm 22 years older than you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I put, I want to be a MILF with a hot fit body. Oh, yeah. I want to, I just want to feel good and look good. You will. I know. You just have to be driven enough. That's all. 10 years, 10 dreams. Ready? 10 dreams. My 10 dreams. Now the 10 dreams are to be completed in the 10 years correct yeah and she said be as descriptive as possible i'm not very descriptive i'm a bullet girl i am a storyteller yes fully paid podcast (laughs) successful boutique seven figure income (laughs) homes in two states grandchildren no debt i put the you know i i was a little more conservative than you with the fit i put health (laughs) oh no i want to look hot i I still want to look the same (laughs) strength freedom which means a lot yeah not just one thing Mm -hmm. yearly vacations with the whole family those are my dreams for the next 10 years i love that i didn't even think about vacationing i didn't write any of that down well when you're over 50 that's all you want to (laughs) do okay my 10 dreams um so because i'm not 30 yet i did add my 30 year old goal okay which is number one i said um i want to make a six-figure salary by the time i'm 30 um have happy and healthy babies kids and husband waking up in my dream house that we built and own outside of california Mm -hmm. co-own or a co-owner with my mom a very successful podcast and online boutique so i can work from home and have a full full work-life balance and i feel like I want to be the poster child of what real work-life balance is. Okay. So I will show you guys one day. We'll Um, make a vision board on that. Yeah. Um, Number five, I put producing amazing episodes of Sutherland Girls with a decently large audience (laughs) bi-weekly, which is part of the family lineup of Dear Media. Um, I put be the, this is a big one, mom. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Be the first mother-daughter duo podcast on Dear Media Productions. Yes. That is a dream. Write a tell... Well, I already had this in the top one, but this one's m- more descriptive. Write a tell-all about my crazy business life stories, a blend of all my work experience wrapped up in one book, written in short story format, so no one knows who I am referring to, what company it's about, (laughs) and when in my life it could have happened. Like it. I like it. Um, Next, I only have two more. I didn't get to 10 because I was like, I feel like I was super descriptive. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anything else. That's okay. It's a plan. Okay. What I wrote down doesn't make sense, but I want... Paraphrase it. Yeah, I'm going to paraphrase it. So I want to find a therapist that I connect with. That you can build a relationship with. That I have for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Not necessarily mm -hmm. like seeing them every week for 10 years, but anytime I'm struggling or I feel myself slipping away again. Those check-ins. To read. Yes. Yeah. 
I want that like bond with and feel safe with a therapist. And then and they know all your history. So you're not repeating your story exactly, over and over again. Exactly. Because it's exhausting. I know. I, I know. <laughs> I only fly first class for all leisure and business trips. Dreams. One of my goals in life. This was like years ago. Right before Woody proposed. I said my goal is for us to fly first class on our honeymoon. We didn't get there. Yeah. Because they didn't realize how expensive it was going to be. Yeah. But it's that's hard when you're a frugal goals. person to spend yes. that money when you could just sit a seat behind and for a thousand dollars less. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. And I was like, do I want a facial I think and a massage yes. or first class? <laughs> I think it depends on how long the flight's going to be. If it's like a long flight, like if you're going to England, go first class. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're going four hours, you're not going to get the whole experience anyway. Yeah, but going I've to flown whole- first class. You have? Yes. And it's it would be much better. It wasn't a big deal besides a big seat and glass. But um, it would have been a bigger deal like if we were flying to Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, flying to Hawaii was five hours. You should have done it then. I should have. But I didn't have the money. <laughs> it was already spent on okay, the Okay, next time. <laughs> yeah. Next time for sure. Okay. Okay, what's your one goal? Again, I'm very short and sweet. And I do know that she said to be specific and how you're going to get to that goal. And yeah. da, 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 da. I just said complete the LLC. That is my immediate goal right now. Okay. And yours? My detailed girl? <laughs> Mine says less anxiety, confident, happy, successful girl boss. I love it. I threw that back in her face. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and I think that's just going to take the next six months to a year to accomplish. I fully believe that that that's goal a, is going to be checked off and completely as long as you're that. working on it. That's what I always say. Like, like sometimes people are like, you got to get to the end, but life is a journey. It's yeah, about making progress every day. The end means you debt. You're dead. Yes. Like so, I don't, I'm not on a rush to get there. Just making progress. Yeah. Um, do you recall? Do you recall? So it was a good book. It, I mean, there's a little, I felt a little disconnect during certain times. You felt a little disconnect, but it's, it's a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you recall what our next book is called? I don't know. You picked it. And I was like, thank goodness. Cause I picked the last two. It's a lot of pressure to pick a book club book. Well, but this one's going to be good. Cause it's a lot shorter. Sorry guys for the long. Oh, books. I remember now. Okay. So this book is called gift from the sea by Anna Morrow Lindbergh. It's 144 pages. It's recommended by Maria Shriver. I guess Maria Shriver has this book and she reads it every year. Oh my. Yeah. So it's a really good book for women. Sorry guys. I mean, read it too. Whatever. Guys don't read. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Just listen to us talk about it. <gasps> so I'm excited to read this book. Um, we'll put the link up. Yes. Yes. Okay. And our whole, there was a problem with our Amazon links. Sorry guys. They work now. Oh, I goodness. fixed them. Okay. For some reason, they canceled our Amazon affiliate. Always shop from our Amazon links, please, because it helps the podcast. You're technically investing in us, and we really, really appreciate it. Really, thank you. We have a special guest. <gasps> Hello, Posey. See if she'll um, purr in the mic. Can you hear her? <laughs> All right, that's the end of this episode. This is a longer episode, but obviously 
It's better than two parts. You got the full scope of this book. Um, you guys have the next book. So we'll see you at the end of next month, at the end of April for this new book. But we're obviously we're going to still record episodes. We're we'll just be doing our crazy, wacky episodes in between. Yes. <laughs> also, if you have a subject that you want us to talk about or go back to something that we've already talked about, slide into our DMs. Oh my gosh, that was provocative. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, again, you guys, thank you for your support and listening to this podcast and all of the podcasts. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram or TikTok, go to those social media platforms. We're at Sutherland Girls on both. Um, hit the follow button. Leave us a comment. Hit us up in the DMs. Leave us some hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also you're listening to us on Spotify right now. So don't forget to click the follow button on Spotify and hit the little bell because the bell notifies you every time a new episode goes live. Thank you guys again for listening all the way through. You guys got to see a little bit more about us and where we want to take this podcast. And we really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank every you. week. Other than that. Bye. Be the first mother daughter bop. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Oh, are they? I don't know. Uh, okay. Find an amazing therapist that I have all 10 years to reach back out to when I need help. That is not English. <laughs> okay, and then my last one is. I only fly first class. Cass. There's a lot of bloopers in this. Cass and ass. <laughs> Careful, she skunked Woody the other day. Okay, we're going to go down now. <laughs>